Chris Ginsbach with Carbon Creek Energy. Carbon Creek Energy. Well, before we get into the, some of the big news you guys have, let's talk a little bit about what your guys' company is. You know, just uh, give us a little elevator pitch, if you will, of what you guys are all about and where you guys are seeing some action. Sure. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so Carbon Creek Energy was formed in uh, late 2015. We bought uh, a coal bed methane field in the Powder River Basin. It was previously owned and operated jointly by Anadarko and WPX. And we bought them out of that position, about 6,500 uh, operated wells, a pretty large footprint area uh, in the basin there. And, you know, the idea was uh, we can try to get some operational efficiencies by bringing everything under, under one operatorship, under one team. Um, uh, but then also we liked the potential opportunity of you know, the clean nature of coal bed methane and specifically Powder River coal bed methane uh, because of the pure water that, that comes out of the formation there. We're able to just repurpose that back uh, into the environment, do surface discharge. So we thought there were some, uh, some, some operational efficiencies we could gain, but then also possibly some environmental attributes we could try to, try to work on um, and bring something new to the, to the market with that opportunity. So one of the reasons we brought you on the program today was to talk about the, uh, in the press release at least, it says first of kind, first of its kind, uh, sale, commodities, market, that sort of thing, and frack-free natural gas certificates. Um, you know, obviously there's some great buzzwords in there. First of its kind caught my attention, and then frack-free. Anytime you can kind of um, get the word free in there, of course, you're going to catch people's attentions too. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys have going on. Sure. Uh, so, you know, part of the inherent or kind of absolute properties of processing uh, the methane from the coal seams, from, from the coal bed there in the Powder River, is that we do not and cannot hydraulically frack our wells. Um, and so when we bought the asset, we were brainstorming on, hey, you know, we, we've got this, what we think is a, a, new, a unique attribute to how we uh, go about our, our production processes. Um, and there is a, as you know, a pretty big um, anti-fracking movement out there, uh, specifically on, on the coasts. Uh, but we're even we're seeing it here in Texas. So we're headquartered in Texas. Uh, operations are up in Wyoming, but there's even counties and cities here in, in, in our state that are that are banning fracking. And so what we wanted to try to try to determine was, hey, can we bring uh, a product to market similar to a wind credit or a solar credit where you take the unique attributes of how you're processing something and match that up with consumers that are wanting to um, you know, kind of take advantage of, of, of reducing their footprint uh, whether it's, uh, you know, b because they either have a moral obligation because they want to do that uh, or because there's, there's some sort of mandate that has been put upon them by, uh, by some regulatory body. And we thought it would be pretty unique if we can try to do that with uh, the, the attributes of our production processes. And, and the frack-free nature of it was what we had settled on and then tried to uh, essentially try to start making some phone calls, seeing how we could make that a reality. So, are you guys frack freeing right now? That's correct. Yeah, 100% okay. of our production, um, we do not. Yeah, uh, we do not have to hydraulically frack the wells when we. That's what I thought. Okay, I want to make yeah. sure I was following here because I, I have interviewed a few people that they do some different methods. I know there's a guy up in Utah who's using some sort of solution to 
um, do some sort of frack free type things and and um, but those are very shallow type wells uh, there's a guy in Colorado using microwave he's trying to experiment that way um, is, is there a way that you guys kind of um, I guess explain this frack free technology in a very layman's term to kind of you know d- dumb it down for the average person I guess sure well you know p- part of it just goes to it's how you produce this excuse me this coal bed methane field so you know there's not any sort of new technology or new technique that we're bringing that can try to be applied to a deep formation you know you know two mile horizontal lateral uh when you drill into the powder river coal bed we're essentially drilling a water well and it's our average depth is is maybe 1500 1700 feet you drill a water well, you put a sub pump down, um, down hole, you pump the water out of, out of the formation. And as you release the pressure that's down hole, uh, the gas, um, I'm going to use a semi-technical term, it desorbs from the coal and then bubbles up. So think about opening up a Coke bottle. When you release that pressure, the CO2 starts bubbling. It's the same concept there. Interesting. I would think and the coal seam, the, the coal seams that we drill into are already naturally pretty well broken and split open, naturally naturally fractionated. That we don't have to go down and try to perf and and inject high pressure uh, water and chemicals and some sort of propane or, or, or sand into the formation. We can just suck the water out naturally in the gas, and the gas naturally bubbles up. So. Well, I was going to say, it seems like it's a little bit more natural of a process, and also it probably would um, have a different effect on the on the fresh water. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So the water that we're drilling into, the aquifer we're drilling into, is essentially a, char- a naturally charcoal-filtered water. So it's pure water when it comes out uh, up to the surface, and we're able to put that right, right back into the ecosystem. So we dump it right back into the Powder River Basin, or for the farmers and ranchers on the lands that we work on and operate on, we'll give that right back to them, and they can use it to irrigate their crops, to water their livestock. So it's actually increasing yields um, from that standpoint. So we're certainly not a water neutral company. Uh, we're even more so water water positive. So we are repurposing fresh water back into the environment. Um, that's that's providing life. We're not taking. We're certainly not taking fresh water out. Uh, when it comes to the completions and, and the, the fractionating jobs. So where do you guys see this going? I mean, in terms of car, uh, like carbon credits, if you will, or whatever that, yep. you know, that, that is, uh, that's, um, yeah. you know, I've, I've heard of these in the past a little bit. I'm not as familiar with what, uh, you know, the, the, the carbon credits entail. Uh, mostly I know most of it from popular culture, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Huh, huh, I guess, how, how do carbon credits work then? The companies, uh, I guess, t- talk to me a little bit about that before you uh, describe it, how you guys directly do it. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how, how we viewed it when we thought we could, we could make something of our unique attributes as we related it to carbon credits. So, you know, the, the buzzword uh, when, when it comes to carbon credits is what's my carbon intensity? You know, how much carbon am I emitting in the atmosphere for whatever I am doing, whether it's flying jets or if I'm a, a Google or an Apple, you know, how many megawatts hours am I, am I using in all of my, my facilities or my data centers around town? 
and I try to convert that electricity usage into a, a, uh, a carbon amount, and they measure that by metric tons, and then I can go out and find projects that companies have done and essentially buy credits that they have, you know, maybe they've planted so many trees and it creates X amount of a carbon offset, I can go buy that offset um, to cancel out my usage. And that was essentially the same concept that we had here with our frac-free uh, attributes is, you know, companies that want to, uh, that are using natural gas, um, you know, whatever it's for, either for their electricity or maybe for their heating uses, they can look at their gas bill. And those that want to, uh, you know, support uh, uh, the, the, the lack of, of, of fracking that our production has or kind of the more natural process, like you stated, uh, the more natural process that our production uh, characteristics bring to the market, they now have a way to buy the attributes that we are creating, the certificates that we are creating to offset their usage. Can I ask you about the natural gas industry for a second? Sure. Um, that's sure. we're, we're, we're very big believers in 2019 uh, being the year of natural gas. I um, think it's about time some of these uh, as far as uh, with, with the crude oil, I know you guys are doing natural gas. You guys aren't getting any crude oil, right? It's just natural gas? Nope. Yeah, 100%, 100% dry gas. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, you know, but when you look at, say, the Bakken or even down the Permian, um, some of these different shale plays, of course, they're getting an abundance of natural gas coming off the crude oil where they're flaring it. Uh, they're getting so much yep. of it. Um, yep. And then they got these science projects going on these different wells, that sort of thing. And you know, for a while, it, it's it's not economical for a lot of the oil companies. It takes a little time, et cetera. I think between what you know, what you have going on with some of the innovation out there, and some of these other science projects finally coming to fruition, showing they can be economical uh, for the oil companies. I just see 2019 as being a year for natural gas to make a big big jump because I don't know. It just it it just it doesn't seem like it can get any cheaper at 25 cents and three bucks, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it just seems like yeah. it's, it's about time where it, the, the price might go up to the consumer by a little bit, which is going to be good news for the companies. They're going to get some money to finally reinvest back in there. I don't know. What, what, where, where do you see 2019 being for natural gas? Well, I mean, if you, if you look at the strip, uh, the, the forward strip for, for NYMEX, you know, you really have seen a bump here over the last month as we're heading into winter. And the storyline coming into the winter was, hey, we're not putting enough in storage. Um, but I think everyone was thinking, well, but look, with how much gas is coming on because of the associated gas with the oil drilling and with the shale production of these, you know, these, these massive gas wells in the, um, you know, in the Marcellus and Utica and, and some of those areas in the Northeast, uh, we don't need as much in storage because there's still new production coming online. And that still could be the case. It could, it could, it could hold you over. But, you know, we're completely driven by weather models right now. And week to week, what's going to happen with the weather? And that's why you've seen some of these, these pretty massive spikes, not only in NYMEX, but even more specifically around the country, if you look at some of the other hubs around. But once April comes around and you're out of that, that draw, you know, those, those draw months, the strip kind of goes right back down to the two fifty to three dollar range, um, but uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I like this. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive on it. I certainly, you know, I'm a gas guy, so so I want to be long gas, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
but, and, but I don't want to give a false hope of all of a sudden, hey, because we have high gas prices now, it's, it's high forever. I do think it'll come back down some, but it will be interesting to see how much of the LNG exports are going to be able to take. Are they going to be taking more gas than we're thinking, which really could could push that price up and hold that hold that floor number a little bit higher than we've been experiencing over the last kind of 18 to 24 months. Okay, yeah. Again, this is speculation, which is always dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Always absolutely. dangerous, especially in the energy industry, but... But there is a few key things that you brought up that go well beyond speculation and, and become, you know, signals and indicators and that sort of thing. One is, you know, there's there's infrastructure being built. And until that infrastructure can be built, there's there's a ceiling on how much natural gas you can just get out of a certain shale play or out of a certain region, that sort of thing. The other one is the storage. Um, I talked to one of the writers for the BOE report uh, just last week and he was talking about that same issue about these uh, storage issues uh, with natural gas. There's such an abundance of it that nobody's really doing proper storage. And, you know, yeah. a place like Chicago could actually have issues come the wintertime, you know, like March, you know, near the tail end of, uh, you know, I think you, you mentioned like in April or something like that. But near, near yeah. the tail end of those those cold months to where, you know, it's not unfeasible, unfeasible to have uh, an issue with natural gas, which seems unheard of because, you know, you're down in the Permian, you see the flaring. I'm up here in the Bakken. I see the flaring. We have so much natural gas, we'll just burn it off. And so (laughs) to think that there would be a storage is almost unheard of. Yeah. Well, but but that's the issue, right? So especially here in the Permian, you see all the flares. It's because there's not enough pipeline capacity to get it somewhere to get used. Right. So if there's not enough going into storage or, pe- or companies were not buying enough to, to, to take it into storage because they think there's going to be enough production coming online. Well, there may be, but is there actually enough production coming online that they can actually get it to their, <laughs> to their city gate or to their burner tip? Yeah. And it, it really could. If we continue to have, or continue, uh, if, if we have a cold, you know, cold G- December, end of December, January, February, yeah, there could be some really massive price price spikes it'll it'll be very interesting to watch um yeah. hmm. uh, as it as it, as all of that kind of relates to you know to what we were doing with our attributes yeah. you know the biggest thing that we were trying to find was you know what's a what's another way that we can get a revenue stream because no matter how i produce it or how someone in the permian basin or the bakken produces it you're getting the same price because it's a commodity right but even though we have different attributes you know characteristics that help bring it to market, no one was getting compensated for if they're doing it differently. You know, if we have a lower impact on the environment, uh, we're not getting treated any differently with our product versus someone who, um, you know, who maybe is consuming a bunch of fresh water during, during their completion process. And that's really what we think is the revolutionary change here with the help of, of our partners, uh, with expansive and IES, um, you know, given us the, the kind of big data analytics and and, and data integrity of, of what we're what we're producing and saying what and having what we say we have, you know, being able to now differentiate the commodity is really a uh, that's really what's kind of the first of its kind of market there. So who would be your customer on something like this? Would it, would it be the energy companies? Would it be uh, an average uh, landowner, consumer type thing? Who's, who's exactly your customer? No, it's not, yeah, so I think the people that want to buy the, the differentiation 
Um, you know, initially for, for, our, for the first certificate we've come out with, you know, it seems to be more the retail customer, right? That's who's going to gravitate towards something like a frack-free certificate. Um, and so that really points us more to kind of utilities or even gas uh, retailers or electric retailers that are selling directly to consumers. And that's who our first transaction was with. That's the press release that you saw. So we, we are selling our certificates to East Coast Power and Light, who's a natural gas retailer uh, in the Northeast. They, they, they've got retail cl- or individual customers uh, and, and corporate customers, industrial customers as well, but in, in New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland. And so they're trying to provide and want to provide a green gas product, which you don't really have on the market. You know, you've got... Um, in, in deregulated states, you know, you can buy green electricity, right? You can you can choose to buy wind credits or solar credits through your electric provider and get a green electric, but there hasn't really been anything differentiating on the gas side. And what they're trying to come to market with is, hey, what's something that, that our clients are asking for, that our customers are asking for, that is showing that we've got a cleaner, cleaner for the environment gas product. Hmm. And this is what they settled on and are going to try to start marketing uh, as their green gas product to their to their clients. Well, if somebody's one of those uh, prospective customers, or if um, somebody wants to know more information, what, what, do you guys direct them to a website, or how can people find out uh, more information on on this? Yeah, I, I would say initially um, they can they can reach out directly to us, Carbon Creek Energy. Um, uh, website's carbon creek dot com. East Coast Power and Light for those on the on the East Coast that are looking for it. That's who's going to be coming out with uh, with the product. Um, but the other, you know, the other team members and partners that we're dealing with this on uh, expansive, uh, which is X P A N S I V expansive dot com is really the company that is taking the data that we have. You know, all of all of us oil and gas producers, we've got meters on everything, right? So we have massive amounts of data. They're now able to take that and can quantify the characteristics and the attributes. And so they're the ones who are helping us create the unique characteristics that make Carbon Creek gas special. Uh, So for those, you know, I would say those are the producers that are saying, hey, we've got something. Uh, That's who you would want to reach out to and say, how can we try to take advantage of, of a differentiated market right now, of a market that is uh, including investors that are saying, "Hey, you've got to clean up. You've got to clean up your act um, uh, and show that you're you're doing something to change um, to change your carbon intensity, to change your greenhouse gas emissions footprint." And I think there's a lot of companies that are doing that, and that that have have done and, and shown things they are that they are doing things that are better for the environment, even if you're still bringing a fossil fuel to market because we need it. But they do it just saying, hey, I've, I've got to do it because people are asking me and it's just going to be another expense for me. Well, we, we, what we're trying to do is differentiate that and now that can be a revenue stream for you. I'll tell you, that's one of the best, uh, and not one of the best, but that's, that's one of the biggest untold secrets of the energy industry right now is there's a lot of people that are... Um, trying to make the energy industry cleaner and more environmental and this and that. So instead of protesting, yep. they're working for the energy companies. 
You know, they're right. they're actually trying to solve the the problem that all the, the you know the people were protesting for you know against fossil yep. fuels their whole career. So I, I think that's interesting. Are you guys getting a pretty good response on the you know the frack free that that portion of marketing? Is that getting a pretty good um, you know good? Is it passing the pretty good test? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I mean, we we came out with our press release about a week and a half ago. Um, you know. Teams and, and groups like yourselves are, are, are picking up on it. Um, the people that we, the other retailers that we've been talking with, um, you know, a lot of them are kind of gun shy and saying, "Hey, I don't want to be the first. Get this, get this proved out and take it to market. Then give me a call." Well, that's what we're doing now, and, and we're in negotiations with, um, uh, you know, with some other companies about that. So yeah, it, it's pretty exciting on. Um, on what we're able to bring the market, you know, but, but coupled with that, some people are saying uh, there's other utilities are saying, you know what, I'm not really, I don't think I, I'm interested in the frack free, but what I am interested in is your water conservation. You know, the fact that we're not taking fresh water out of the system, that we're repurposing it back into the system. So, you know, they're consuming water on one side. They want to try to buy water offsets on the other, you know, water rights and water management are, are just as big of a deal as, um, as trying to go and get, you know, mineral rights and, and land rights. So, there's a lot of different ways that the, the characteristics of production and how you manage your facilities and your processes can be taken advantage of. And that's what's exciting about what, uh, you know, the team of us that have come together with this, again, you know, Carbon Creek, Expansive, and, and IES, uh, is we're trying to get a market-based solution for this and, and not have something crammed down our throat that, uh, for, 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 from people that may not understand how the industry works. But if the industry can work together, uh, and come up with a market-based solution for it, then companies start taking notice and saying, "Okay, this th- this can make sense. How can we how can we take advantage of of what the market is now saying they're ready for?" Well, I think you guys are on to something. I really do, and I wish you luck. And uh, we'll probably talk down the road. Wonderful. Hey, I appreciate the time. Uh, follow up with us anytime anytime you'd like.